Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. My mother's 98 and I'm looking forward to her birthday at the end of this year. Uh, she is. Covid I spoke about earlier uh, on, on schools. Uh, Covid hasn't been great for people in nursing homes. My mother's in a nursing home and I remember the last time I got to see her before Covid because if you remember the nursing homes brought down their own lockdown before the state moved and it was the end of the midterm break. It was late February and it was a Saturday. I was due back I think on the uh, following uh, Monday and I went up to see her and I didn't get to see her again until mid late uh, July mm. and at that stage she was behind a perspex screen but I'll always remember her seeing me and she stood up to put her arms out to touch me but of course the screen came between us and I think if there's a symbolism I think of sort of you know what I think how it impacted yeah. on particularly an older uh, generation and I often feel actually that generation uh, people who effectively I suppose maybe were, were, were the, the first citizens of this state and we're talking about the years mm. of centenaries and um, you know that generation went through an awful lot of difficulty, particularly during the Second World War. Now, my mother uh, was spent a lot of time in, in England during the Second World War. But, you know, we talk about rationing. We talk about it was a generation that uh, struggled to cope with the dreadful disease, which is TB. Mm-hmm. Uh, polio in the 1950s. H- housing, an awful lot poorer quality than what's available today. Yeah. Uh, she had her first great grand. Uh, child uh, a few weeks ago and I was up with her and uh, she's certainly uh, delighted at that and she keeps in touch with everything and all what we're doing because I I have no brothers I have five sisters and some of them live in uh, Britain. So when you qualified initially it wasn't teaching you went to, was it the Department of Marine or what happened? No, I uh, actually started off uh, working in fisheries I I did my leaving cert in the late 70s, I went to uh, Trinity College and one of the things if you remember at that stage was the economy of this country in the early 80s it, it was bordering on the verge of bankruptcy and uh, emigration for our generation was quite common you yourself I remember both sides now it's the first time ever I, I heard you the end of the 80s I was working in Carlingford and uh, it was a, a time when uh, fisheries forestry tourism and agriculture were I think been held out to people as the type of uh, industries that perhaps maybe the country might have a future in yeah. and I was always fascinated by fishing and uh, fisheries particularly I suppose my, my, my mother is from County Fermanagh as I said and uh, the border ran through the uh, lake beside the, which the, the, the family's land was at that, that stage on and as a kid I loved fishing yeah. and I always found a, that there was something important in terms of our environment in terms of the food and uh, fishing and, and so on yeah. and I look now at the Marine Institute and they I don't know if you're aware they sent this out to schools the, the real map of Ireland mm. showing our territorial waters and you know physically we have an enormous reach out into the Atlantic there's a huge amount to be discovered and I suppose perhaps being, being the, the scientist still uh, you know there's so much to be to be discovered and, and found right. there and so much potential so you worked in the department and then how did you switch to teaching no I, I, I actually worked in, in uh, fisheries in uh, a, a salmon hatchery and a managed salmon uh, uh, farm over in Clifton a beautiful place from which I went up to actually work on a cross border b- uh, body in uh, then I actually left 
the Friday of the Berlin Wall uh, coming down mm-hmm. and I arrived in Carlingford uh, on the following Monday and if you remember uh, being a sports buff I'm sure you do the following Wednesday Ireland qualified for the World Cup for the first time it was off in Malta so it was I, I did two years it was a research laboratory and we were doing an environmental impact survey on the entire Carlingford lock yeah. from the point of view of developing shellfish so it was something that I was really really interested in I took a master's in uh, fisheries uh, through that we worked with Dundalk RTC which was how I was approached would you stand in a classroom and I suppose I had the experience from my dad uh, being a teacher being a teacher and off I went so it was out of that I uh, started teaching first of all in Dundalk and the RTC Mm. and when I was writing up my masters I uh, got uh, teaching in a secondary school and at that stage I'd met Therese and whereas you can get nice jobs out of fisheries at that time i think it'd be a bit unfair to expect your wife to be living out of a suitcase every two years mm. albeit it's a beautiful country with gorgeous scenery uh, it really wasn't going to be a runner so um Therese actually would have encouraged me and uh, Therese's sister-in-law was a great uh, woman for saying would you not think about teaching and I did so mm. I, I did my HDIP as a mature student and it was actually 1994 uh, uh, Therese was expecting our first uh, child, we were getting married, all of that. I said, well, I have to have a job uh, by the 30th of June. And on the 30th of June, which was the day that Ireland was playing Norway in mm-hmm. USA, at 8 o'clock that evening, uh, Joe Kennedy, the principal here in Wexford CBS, rang me uh, in Cork to offer me the job. He said, I can promise you two years. So I'm still here. All the <laughs> yeah, how many years have you taught here then? 28 years here in Wexford. 28 years. Yeah. You took a political route as well. And you, you were mayor. Uh, elected to the Borough Council and you were mayor in the year 2010. Well, I was always interested in politics and I would have been a member of the Labour Party since I was in my early 20s and one of the people who I think would have inspired me would have been a man called Frank Tusky who was the Parliamentary Secretary for Brendan Corish. Now, Brendan would have retired as Labour uh, leader at the time and Frank took over. So I had always been a lifelong Labour supporter. I think part of what you do if you're a Labour, if you're a party member, is that you you canvass for whoever is the candidate and you work and you take part and I did get the opportunity in 2004 when he had a borough council uh, to run I don't know whether people expected me to be elected but I was I was elected again in 2009 I thought the borough council which was something I wouldn't have been used to in Dublin mm-hmm. because Dublin with a city of uh, um, well, a million people and, and yeah. uh, several county councils and as one corporation as a, uh, I think it would have been known at the time but to have a council for a town of 20,000. I think it was a great body to have. I think you could have had, you could micro-discuss issues in there that wouldn't get an airing. And I thought at the time that the town was the very much better of it. I'm not a great fan of the changes that uh, have, have come since. I ran in 2014 and 2019, as I joke sometimes, those people old enough will remember Eamon Coughlin. He was always coming forth mm. and never getting in the medals. I was the runner-up uh, twice. And uh, given, look, at the background of politics, uh, everything, it, it, it's been, the last 20 years been an enormous change. But it's, it's been a privilege to, to, to run. I've served as mayor. Yeah, and I've um, served as mayor. There, there are a lot of highlights in your life but I believe the big one is Zambia and I think you want to refer to that I do um it's one of the great things about the opportunities that you get from teaching and I know people think that perhaps 
being a teacher is uh, you know sort of about classroom and, and so on. But uh, uh, we went to a with a, my colleague Paula Quitty, Laura Argue, and Paul Gannon. And each this school every two years sends a group out. So uh, we went to, we flew to Lusaka, we went to a city called Cabway. And in Cabway, uh, we worked building a school. Um, it's an Irish charity called Zamda. And uh, I think it really gave you a real insight into how difficult some people's lives really are. It was an extraordinary eye opener. Um, you're talking about, you know, maybe the impact of HIV AIDS on uh, the population uh, literally taking out people my age there was one day uh, we were coming in we were bringing a man who was younger than me into the hospice and the boys are with me didn't understand what a hospice was and <clears throat> on another uh, occasion we went to visit the local township and it's the second biggest township after Soweto in the whole of southern Africa and I remember meeting this woman who was extremely frail she was a grandmother she was younger than my wife and she had three daughters and once more her own daughter had died of HIV and these girls were 16 and 14 and 13 and we were brought into a small little house when I say a house you're really something that I would probably size my garden shed and there were curtains for to keep uh, mosquitoes off them from malaria and there was very little light and you know the way when you go into somewhere dark, it takes your eyes a while to adjust. And we were proffered this tiny little piece of wood to sit. Only way that you can break cycles of poverty and you can build up a community is through education. Right. And it, 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 it's what happens here. Finally, Joe, what, what now for you? What's your plans? Oh, lots. Um, I, I suppose, well, myself and Therese, I, 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 we definitely want to, to go away. Uh, but I want to do nothing really for the, the, the rest of the year. I think it's, it's nice sometimes when you've been had a, led a busy life to do nothing. I still want to be politically active. There are campaigns. I, I don't know where the future will take me. I'm not the sort of person to retire, put on the cardigan and the slippers and the pipe and sit beside the fire with the... the uh, the, the, the glass of port we'll head out together will you are you going to turn off the light how do you feel I feel uh, in a way I suppose happy because I want to move on and happy that I feel I've contributed I would be grateful for the parents who have come in with their children and entrusted me it's a great privilege being a teacher mm. a great great privilege life is for living it's not necessarily about the picture from yesterday Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran.